How do traditionally trained medical doctors become advocates for lifestyle medicine and plant-based eating? Let me introduce you to Dr. Nina Hormosis and her friend Jimmy Shipatel. They both practice their specialty at Licking Memorial Hospital in Newark, Ohio. They're also backstage pillars of the Columbus Prevent and Reverse Health Clinic. At the CPR Health Clinic, they are focused on fixing the deficits of the healthcare system by addressing the root causes of medical issues. Plant-based cooking and eating are a big part of that. Doctors Hormusis and Patel were kind enough to share their own plant-based journeys and how it's changing their approach to medicine. Listen in as they spill the beans about what really happens in the kitchens of plant-based doctors like them. Welcome to the Vegan Family Kitchen podcast. Pull yourself a chair. Hello, I am so excited to be meeting with the two of you today. I am meeting with Dr. Jamisha Patel, who is a pediatrician at Licking Memorial Hospital, but she's here today because of her involvement in the Columbus Prevent and Reverse Health Clinic, along with her uh, friend, I would say, and co-worker, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Nina Hormusis, who is an internal, physician, uh, internal medicine physician, also at Licking Memorial, and also involved in the um, Columbus and the CPR Health Clinic. Thank you so much for being here to the two of you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's really exciting. I heard um, about the CPR clinic in uh, your work for the first time on um, Dr. Yami's Veggie Doctor Radio episode, uh, where she interviewed um, Dr. Patel and also her husband. And I was just, um, I laughed out loud multiple times in <laughs> the conversation, but it struck me when um, Jamisha's husband said, well, at first I was doing a lot of the cooking and then my wife started learning more about plant-based cooking and she came to me and she said, this is way too important. You get out of the kitchen. I'm in charge. And I thought, I want to meet this lady. <laughs> I want to know um, how she uh, how she runs the kitchen now. And um, Jamisha suggested that we also invite Dr. Nina. And here we are, the three of us in um, in the kitchen. Or so does it feel like always the best place to have a good chat. And um, so to get started today, I would like the two of you to tell me about your uh, respective current medical practices in the field of lifestyle medicine and about your role in the uh, Columbus Prevent and Reverse Health Clinic, the CPR Health Clinic in Ohio. So I um, I am I see only kids, of course, as a pediatrician, and so at Licking Memorial, I um, do see a handful of obese patients, and I definitely bring up you know plant based eating with them and eating more fruits and vegetables. But I go very slow, um, you know, starting off with okay, let's get this many servings of vegetables a day, this many servings of fruit a day, and and so on. Um, and so that's how I. In have introduced the plant-based medicine into my practice um, at Licking Memorial, but at CPR, um, you know, that is all we do is we, um, you know, deal with plant-based medicine and reversing diseases and um, lifestyle medicine. And, um, and so the way I contribute to CPR, it's kind of more, um, 
hands off in terms of, you know, I don't really see patients because most of our patients are, well, all of our patients are adults. And so um, I do more of the background stuff like the Instagramming. Um, I help out with cooking classes and sessions and, um, and so on. So, and Nina? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, so I work at Looking Memorial Hospital too. Um, and I do outpatient internal medicine. So um, I see all adults in the outpatient setting. So um, <clears throat> it's, um, it's a really, really busy practice, as I'm sure most um, internal medicine physicians are quite busy. Um, so I deal with all chronic medical issues, um, you know, um, health maintenance, um, preventative, preventive care, um, or preventative care, um, and also treatment, like I said. Um, and with CPR, so um, as Jamisha said, we focus on lifestyle modifications in order to prevent and treat chronic disease, prevent and reverse. Um, and uh, so it's, you know, the, the genesis of the whole idea was because all of us have a lot of passion in uh, the fact that lifestyle modifications can actually, again, prevent and reverse medical issues. Um, and we've all seen firsthand that it's, it's nearly impossible to do a thorough job in teaching your patients about these changes you can make. Um, and I've, you know, we, we all try, and I, and I try as well in my regular internal medicine practice, but I mean, sometimes just going over a medication list can take 15 minutes. So um, talking about the recent hospitalizations and medications, you know, there's very little time for true teaching of lifestyle modifications. And so um, that, that, that passion really has translated into our, um, again, the genesis of CPR. Um, so I will eventually, hopefully one day, see patients um, in CPR on a one-on-one uh, -on -one basis, um, but we're still very early in our practice. Um, so right now we're doing um, a lot of group sessions. We have a mindfulness course um, because we focus on the six pillars of lifestyle med uh, modifications or lifestyle medicine in our NCPR. Um, and one of them is um, stress management. So we have a mindfulness course that we do. Um, like Jamisha said, we do cooking classes, group sessions. Um, obviously we've had to do things virtually with the pandemic, but prior to the pandemic, we were doing in-person cooking classes and grocery shopping and, and all of that stuff. All of the stuff basically doctors want to do but don't have time to do in their regular practice. And all the things that matter the most. And yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not at all somebody who's against pharmacological treatment of, yeah. of disease. And if, you know, you are in an acute crisis, you know, traditional medical care is a fantastic thing. But I, I so appreciate that you are creating this space where you can dig deeper into the causes of those problems that you see all day long and possibly, hopefully helping those, those patients reverse those issues and go back to just a healthier, a healthier state of life. It gives me a lot of hope. Um, mm -hmm. It's not something that we saw even just five years ago. Um, yeah. When I guess when did you when did you finish medical school? Were you? Um... Yeah, I I finished in two thousand and ten. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's. Were you together in school or no, did you meet after? <laughs> right. yeah, we met after. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I mean, even yeah, I mean, certainly in twenty ten, I don't know about um, Ohio and the United yeah. States, but here in Canada, it was not a hot topic. Yeah. Um, no, they didn't talk, talk about, about lifestyle it at all. medicine. 
Yeah, I had no idea. I think we had one four-hour session on diet in med school, and it was basically about you know low-fat food and don't do a lot of sugar, very just superficial. Um, basically, I, I think what that communicates is that lifestyle modifications don't really work and there's no, yeah. there's no real point in learning about them because they don't really do that much. So yes. I so yeah. much more time on pharmacology yep, uh, medications, way more than anything about lifestyle. Yeah, 100%. and those are, um, and with all due respect for medical school, those are all yeah. things you could have learned at home from your mom. You know, eat your veggies <laughs> and yeah. don't have too much sugar. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's too bad that we haven't listened to our moms more. Um, <laughs> let's let's just backtrack a little bit then into how you became interested in plant-based cooking and eating. And um, I'm especially curious about the 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 moment when you decided that it would also become part of your your professional lives as physicians yeah so we um my husband and i did a uh, uh collins campbell's course for some cme credits and that's how we learned about the whole plant-based lifestyle and cooking and so we started first doing it at home um and then you know, and I think in Dr. Yami's uh, podcast, I mentioned how, you know, Sagar mentioned how I thought it was very important. Well, after learning, taking, taking that CME course and learning all of that, I was very, you know, interested and felt like we definitely had to eat this way and do this and see for ourselves how it affected us. And after doing it for, I would say, like six months, maybe you know, I think it just took six months, maybe to a year. Um, I saw a big impact on not only like myself, but even my kids. Um, and so that's where I was like, okay, well we need to, like, I need to start incorporating this in with patients and talking about this to patients and, you know, even working at that time, still going to work and seeing kids come in with issues like constipation and because they're not, all they're eating is, fast food or canned foods or, you know, like processed foods basically. And I mean, no wonder they have constipation. And so, um, just, I just felt like this need, like, like patients need to learn about this and, you know, we could prevent some of these problems by just eating, you know, plant-based. Totally. What about you, Nina? So <laughs> I actually, I was in residency on a really busy rotation and one of my co-residents um, told me that he was going to this lecture at the Cleveland Clinic um, and he said it was approved by my program director, we'd get a day off of work and we would get a free meal. To be totally honest, like full disclosure, I had no idea what the lecture was about. All I knew was I got a day off of work and there was free food, so I went. And it was actually a lecture by Dr. Esselson um, at the Cleveland Clinic. And so in it, um, he did, he was talking about all of his research in um, basically reversal of coronary disease with plant-based medicine. And my mind was just blown. Like I went into this conference thinking it was just going to be some other, some, you know, one more boring conference to put under <laughs> myself as a resident. But I was just blown away and he gave us a packet of literature that really um, had, a, you know, a lot of that um, information. So I went home and I read it and I was trying to digest it. Um, and, and actually they served food at the lecture, like I mentioned, and the food was really good. And I was really surprised because I was like, I, I ate horribly at the time, to be honest. Again, typical resident eating fast food, processed yeah. foods. 
Um, and I thought it was really good and I was surprised. And so I thought, oh yeah, this is perfect. Um, I'm gonna teach all of my patients to eat this way. I don't have to do it because I'm not sick. So so I was I remember like I was at the grocery store like buying like my eighth like frozen meal. And I remember just thinking like, this is kind of hypocritical. Like it's just, I just feel like a hypocrite. So um, I went home and I told my husband about all of this stuff. And at the time he, he was just like, I'm not a rabbit. Like we're not sick. We're not eating like vegetables all day long. And then so, cause I told him, I was like, let's just do it for two months. And then after the two months, if we don't feel any different or if it's too difficult, we're we'll just stop doing it. And so he obliged probably because he couldn't cook at the time and he like didn't want to be <laughs> on the hook for his own meals. But he um, said yes. So we did it um, for two months and I told him, um, at the end of the two months, I was like, hey, so are you ready to go back to the way we were eating before? And then he looked at me and he was like, why would we ever go back? And it was so, and it sounds like I made this story up, but like that's exactly how it happened because both of us felt so much better. Um, and then I, what I felt was because in, you know, prior to doing it ourselves, when I would try to teach patients about it, I realized I just wasn't very good at it because I was eating mm -hmm. Snicker bars and telling them to eat broccoli. <laughs> so I, uh, once I started doing it myself, I, I realized I was so much of a better teacher to my patients. And, and the passion that I had and have for it, I think was coming through on a different level. And I just think that, you know, how can patients believe your way of life when you're not living that life yourself. I just think there's, you know, that's just so contradictory. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's just beautiful. I like, you know, it's. Um, I was the first person in my marriage to decide awesome. to start at the very beginning. It was just like I'll just eat mostly plant-based at home kind of thing, and then eventually in 2015, I decided to be completely vegan. And I just interviewed my husband about it for the podcast um, because I've told this story many times, but he hasn't had the chance to speak up with his version because he's now also fully plant-based, but it took him a little while to get on board. And the funny thing he said at the very end was, uh, I asked him, you know, what advice would you give to somebody else who would, you know, come to you and say, well, my wife wants to go vegan. What do I do? And he said, well, you don't really have a choice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you kind of have to get on board and and as you said just try it and see what happens to you and just like your husband he's a, now he's like i would never go back you know this would make no sense whatsoever and i would like to ask the two of you about um, the personal benefits um jimisha you've just mentioned a little bit you know the positive impacts on your life but what personal benefits do you get from from eating this way I felt like since I started eating plant-based, I have more energy. Um, I am not just as tired anymore. Um, you know, I have, I had, you know, I finished residency, I started working and then I had two kids back to back. And so I had so many reasons to just be tired, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> but yes. I felt like after eating plant-based and having like two small kids and working, you know, and all that stuff, I had more energy or I have more energy now than I felt like I did when I was in residency and without the kids and, you know, everything else. And so, um, so yeah, so gosh, the energy and just the mental fogginess, you know, with it too. I feel like I'm just, I, I don't know. I feel like it's just more like mentally more clear. I can, you know, just listen better, gather information better. Um, yeah. 
And, and, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if it's more plant-based or being more mindful or a combination of both or, you know, working on things, but, um, but yeah, like ever since we became plant-based, I, I think the energy and the mental like fog that I had before have just gone away. And, we- and yeah, now, I mean, I even told my husband, I was like, man, I feel like I have more energy like now than I did 10 years ago (laughs) yeah yeah i see and that's not what you mentioned about the more focus Mm -hmm. it's not a small feat no when you compare that to the growth of social media and everything that's pulling at us and trying to distract us that you might you know have more mental clarity in this day and age i think that's amazing nothing short Mm -hmm. of amazing what about you nina um yeah i like jamisha felt the same way so i think um, well, one is, you know, you don't know how bad you feel until you feel better. So mm-hmm. even though we were, you know, pretty, both of us were pretty young when we adopted this lifestyle, you know, we didn't really have a good reason in regards to health issues to do this. But when you make that change after we talked about the two months, you just, you feel so much better. And even just on like a more acute level, I realized that after eating a meal, instead of feeling full and lethargic, I felt energized. Like my food was giving me energy, which I hadn't experienced before. Um, I noticed that like after, because I did this in residency, like we were talking about, and after doing like a 24-hour call shift and being awake for 24 hours at a time, I did not have the headache or um, fatigue that I did prior. Um, On a more objective um, level, I... I'm lucky, I mean, my LDL or my bad cholesterol is already kind of low. It dropped 30 points. Um, My A1C, which again, I'm lucky it was already low, it dropped like almost half a point, which is pretty insane with with, uh, dietary modifications alone. So now my numbers are better than they were a decade ago, which I think is pretty incredible. So to have like both types of evidence, I think is great. Um, And then also too, I think, like I was mentioning before, I just think we're better teachers to our patients when we're doing it ourselves. I think that's a huge benefit. Um, and then I think too, you get some peace of mind. Um, my husband, for example, has a really horrible family history of gastric malignancies and multiple Ooh. people in his family. I'm and sorry to hear that. That's no yeah, fun. Yeah, Those are no you. good. Yeah, it's it's terrible. And, and we've seen so many people unfortunately pass in his family of this. Um, even his brother got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at um, age 14. Um, wow. Already had has had a full colectomy, and doing this has given us such a peace of mind in knowing that we're doing something to prevent this in the future. Um, and yeah, I just think that I one of the analogies I always give my patients is that I know stuff still happens. Like just because you're 100% plant based, it doesn't mean you're not going to get a health issue. But what I tell them is, it's kind of like if you don't want your house to get broken into, you don't leave the doors unlocked. So if you lock your doors, totally. You might still have a broken in house, but you're going to decrease your chances significantly. So I think that that mind is incredible. I mean, not, nothing is magic, right? Whether it's yeah. vaccines or birth control or all right. those things, they all have an error bar. Yeah. Um, but definitely it's, it's beneficial to, I don't know, put all chances on your side. I also come from a very big family with a number of just like yucky diseases of all kinds. Yeah. Um, but sometimes people seem to think, oh, it's in the family. Well, it's in the family because that's how you eat in the family. Right. It's not your genes. It's not written in your destiny necessarily. It's 100%. it's a coincidence, 
but it's it's based in in that family's culture quite of the time and i'm not blaming my grandmother and great grandmother for yeah. their cooking but it, clearly there's patterns there that maybe we could have avoided um Absolutely. and it takes longer um something i've told recently to a, f a few people who were telling me well it takes more time to make a you know yummy plant-based dinner i was like well you can choose when you spend the time you know you can spend it today at home in the kitchen or you can spend it in 20 years in a hospital room right. and i choose my kitchen totally yeah um there's lots of benefits i'm totally on board with you but as i just alluded to there can be challenges to eating a fully plant-based diet, especially if, if one wants to be really kind of thorough. Um, what challenges do you personally encounter in your home kitchens? And I think you both have children, yes? Um, I do. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So what, or, I mean, there's other picky eaters, I gotta say, not just children. <laughs> Sometimes adults are picky eaters too. But what kind of challenges have you encountered, whether it's with uh, children or your extended families or even in your own your own eating habits and cooking habits yeah um so some challenges that i have experienced are um well first extended family like my parents live about 10 minutes away and they are great help but once we decided to go plant-based completely plant-based which meant like you know no dairy no cheese um um, they were very skeptical and, uh, my mother in particular thought my kids were going to starve and, you know, and she almost threatened to call like child protective services on me because she thought my parent, my kids were just, you know, I was abusing my kids by not feeding them a typical like American diet. And so, or, you know, a, just a regular diet. Um, and so I, um, so, but I, you know, of course we kept going on with our plant-based meals and they eventually saw that our kids are thriving and not only are they thriving, but they are, um, you know, I mean, they're like meeting all their expectations, developmentally growth, everything. And so, um, and so now I think, like my dad has started eating more plant-based. Um, my younger sister has even become, you know, plant-based and, and my mom is now trying to become plant-based too. So, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of nice that we got to show them, you know, versus, um, just giving up on it. So that was, that was good. And then feeding kids is another story. And then feeding kids while working <laughs> is difficult too. And so, um, so there, there were, you know, while we were first starting, we, you know, I, I bought a bunch of cookbooks. I would, you know, go on a bunch of websites, find meals. And so we had to do a lot of trial and error of meals to figure out what we liked and what we didn't. But it wasn't that bad, actually. There were a lot of meals that we liked and the kids even liked it too. I mean, my daughter's favorite food is mac and cheese. And so I have like five different <laughs> mac and cheese recipes that we like plant-based mac and cheese recipes that she loves. And, um, and I mean, and that's the thing, like we can, and you know, we can turn like, like hers is mac and cheese and we can make it plant-based. And so it wasn't that hard, um, transitioning, at least for us, um, with that. And our kids were fairly young too at that time. So I, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't have the issue of like 
older kids who are used to eating this for, you know, so long, a certain way, and then mm-hmm. telling them all of a sudden, okay, this is how we're going to eat. But, um, so the kids kind of, um, did not give us any issues about, you know, the food. Of course, there are days where they didn't want to eat or they would be picky, but that's just a regular kid. You know, kids are <laughs> it just... It happens regardless of diet. Yeah, maybe. exactly, exactly. But the way, um, like, working and meal prepping and like trying to figure that out. So what we would do, um, I have a schedule every week. I have um, like, uh, I have what we're gonna eat, you know? And so that's how I kind of managed it. It's like, okay, this day um, or this week, these are the options that we can have. And it doesn't have to necessarily be like, okay, Monday is this day, Tuesday is this day. I give us the flexibility of, okay, well actually today we feel more like, you know, there's a white lasagna soup or, you know, or this day I feel like, um, some curry or, you know, it, it can change, but, um, but yeah, having, having a list and then that way, you know, filling the groceries or getting groceries, filling our fridge with the appropriate things we need for that week. Um, you know, even prepping vegetables. So, you know, it's easier to cook. Um, but, but being more organized, basically like having more organization in the kitchen, um, is kind of how we, get through it. I hear you. There's no other way. <laughs> How do you find cooking for, are you cooking for two? Is, are you the, the primary home chef, Nina? Um, yes. Yeah. For now, maybe that'll, uh, hopefully one day we'll have little ones to feed. Um, but yes, for right now, um, yes, I do most of the, the cooking. Um, but my husband does everything that he's able to do. So sometimes he's like my sous chef, although I'm sure he doesn't like that title. Um, but he like helps with prepping or grocery shopping or cleaning and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think we all have the same struggles, especially initially and switching to a plant-based um, way of eating. I know that I felt like there was nothing I could eat because I thought everything had animal products until I learned. Um, and I also always tell my patients too that the first couple weeks, especially if you do it all of a sudden, which is what my husband and I did, um, you're going to feel like you know six weeks pregnant if you go from <laughs> zero fiber to a bunch of fiber. So yes, like, yes. I think it's so important to tell patients like you are not going to be like bikini body ready in like a month. You're going to feel like you're pregnant. And then that sensation goes away as your gut starts to adapt to the new environment. But um, yeah. <laughs> to, to a, a greater fauna in there having yeah. a party at the beginning. Yeah, they can be a little rowdy. Exactly. Um, I was lucky to transition over a very long period. It's uh, I started at the beginning. I, I bought this cookbook that was really fantastic. That's called Spilling the Beans. Huh. And it's a Canadian dietitian who loves beans. And they're, they're not strictly vegan recipes. There's a mix of all sorts of things, but it was, you know, this person is a big bean believer and she wrote a whole cookbook to encourage people to eat more of them. And I bought it because I was pregnant and definitely struggling with things like constipation. So I had started cooking a lot more beans thanks to this awesome book over the years and i think that's what mentally prepared me to transition to plant-based later it was like oh yeah beans i know that i can do beans you just take away the meat that's easy Mm -hmm. you know and you still have a fantastic meal um i'm uh, curious i i wasn't planning on asking you that but how um from junk food vegan to strictly whole foods plant-based no oil no salt no refined sugar where do you locate yourselves and how much flexibility do you do you give yourself and your family in those regards 
Yeah. So we, um, after of course taking um, the Colin Campbell course, we. So my husband, he he is all or nothing. <laughs> so we went full force, like no oil, um, no like processed meats, no processed anything, just whole food plant-based. And so we did that. Um, and then, and, and we did that for a while and it was great, but, um, you know, with kids, I, you know, I, I tend to let them eat sometimes I'll let them eat like processed you know meats like or like fake meats like chicken nuggets vegan nuggets yeah yeah. nuggets yeah just to have like a like if you know their their friends are talking about chicken nuggets or something I don't you know they'll be like oh yeah well you know we've had vegan chicken nuggets before and so just um just in that those terms like we with the kids I let them kind of um eat some some processed stuff here and there but mostly we are whole food plant-based and with the kids too of course we don't take away the oil um the kids Mm. need the oil because you know their brains are developing they need that fat so um we actually cook with that oil and then we add extra like olive oil and extra oil to their foods um right right and um and then eating out too we don't eat out very much but when we do um you know, we definitely eat vegan, but once again, we can't help if there's oil in it or, <laughs> um, yeah. So totally. Yeah. But, but so we started off, I guess we may, might probably did it backwards from what most people do, but we started off like completely purely whole food plant-based and then kind of started, um, loosening it up a little bit for the kids. Um, and then, and, and, you know, sometimes here and there, like, like I said, like we will go out to eat and stuff, but, but yeah. So I feel like we're, we're at a happy medium now. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Definitely going out to eat. Um, and there are some mightily delicious vegan restaurants here in Vancouver and they don't always make the healthiest things though. Right. Right. So it's, it's not an everyday treat. Yeah, lots of oil, lots of salt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- those are flavor enhancers, right? So again, as you say, it's I think there's a balance and a, a happy medium to be met, especially if you're not currently struggling with right. an issue. Um, what about you, Nina? Yeah, actually, it's funny because we did the same thing where we were 100% strict, no oil, nothing for the first six months, I think. And then we loosened up a little bit in the same way. And it, And I think it also depends on the person. I think there are people who, you know, if they eat the junk food one time, then they're done. Like they're just, they're on a road to just eating, being a junk food vegan. Um, For my husband and I personally, if we keep it out of the house, so like if we're, you know, going out for, again, like Jamisha said, to a restaurant, or if we go to a friend's house and they they know they're vegan, or we're vegan, so they bought veggie burgers. I personally feel rude to say, no, no, these are not perfectly 100% healthy, you know. So we'll, in that way, we'll be more flexible. And for us, that's what's given us staying power in this lifestyle because we also don't want to be the people who are you know high maintenance or socially outcast exactly (laughs) or um especially when people try to get vegan food for you Mm. if you're spending time with friends and that type of thing so we find that if we do indulge a little bit in this slightly unhealthy vegan food the few times that we go out 
it doesn't make us crave that when we go home. So mm-hmm. as long as we keep it 100% in the home, we feel pretty good. Exactly. Um, it's the options that are in the house that yeah. are absolutely yeah, important. Matter. E- even sometimes, I think it was on my birthday this year, there's a fantastic restaurant in Vancouver called Meat on Main, and there's two other that have opened on different streets. So it's Meat and Gas Down and Meat and Yell Down. Um, and they make, a re- they make some very good healthy salads and bowls and things, but they also make a burger. <laughs> and their burger is so good. And you can order it with uh, poutine. I don't know if people oh, in Ohio yeah. know what poutine is, mm-hmm. but I it's fries it. with cheese curds <laughs> and, and gravy on top. And they make a mighty vegan poutine. And I think it was on my birthday or sometimes in the holiday and you know being also not exactly in lockdown, but certainly not having family gatherings and things. And we decided to, what the heck, let's order (laughs) burgers one night. And so we ordered our burgers and I said, I'll have the poutine. It's my birthday coming from Quebec. It was a special thing. And it was quite good while I started eating it. And I remember finishing the meal and I was like, whew, you know, that was a big dinner and Mm -hmm. having that sensation of heaviness. And then I realized that's how I would feel after most meals. Yeah. previously and now just mm-hmm. that one meal mm-hmm. we're also not super strict but we don't we hardly put any oil in our cooking and you know we eat a lot of vegetables so it's rare that we have a, a, a heavy loaded meal like that and clearly we adapt yeah. right mm-hmm. we've transitioned to appreciating different things I guess Absolutely. Um, and you feel it the next day yeah. you know like you just oh, yeah. feel like a little yeah. I don't know. Like for me, it's that mental fogginess. Like I can feel it the next day. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm not a hundred percent. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> or like the oil on your tongue. Like when you're not accustomed to that, it can be mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. A little bit I think we've awesome. really become accustomed to yeah. those really high levels of of salt and oil. I have a, a friend here who is a retired radiologist who says he used to work in sick care and now he's you know, in retirement, he's trying to enable more of his friends and family and neighbors to embrace healthcare with with diet. And he has gone completely, um, no oil that was easy, he says, but no sodium, no sources of sodium whatsoever, other than what occurs, you know, naturally in vegetables and things. And he said that was actually way harder for him than no oil. um, Because we're so conditioned that even when you have salt once, you know, after not having it for a while, then yes. you feel like you need it again the next the next meal. Mm-hmm. And he thought that was a really hard transition. Um, so addicting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I could totally yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely not there. I'm not <laughs> either. <laughs> it's like no salt. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, no oil. Okay. No salt. I've definitely reduced yeah. salt a lot. Yes. I think over the yeah. last few years. Um, but clearly the no, no salt at all, it would be a tough, mm-hmm. a tough call for me. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about your, um, your practice within CPR. I'd like to hear more about what's your experience in, um, in working with patients, teaching those skills. And I'm interested both in the, in the cooking part and also in the mindfulness part. I think those go actually really well together more mm-hmm. than I imagined even a couple of years ago. Um, so I'd like, I'd like to hear about your work, how you, you, um, you bring that knowledge and more importantly, the practice to your, to your patients at the CPR health clinic. 
Absolutely. So, um, yes, um, as we were kind of saying, we're very like er, we're very early in our cook uh, in our cooking in our uh, <laughs> that too. Um, but one of the big things is not just teaching people why, but showing them how. So <clears throat> for us, the practicality of how to make these changes and make them stick is so important. So um, that's why we do things again, you know, pre-COVID or post-COVID and vaccinations, um, we've taken patients on grocery trips where we just spend hours with them, basically get, filling up their growth, their cart with, with the foods that they should fill up with. Um, we go and how to the, read labels and exactly, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Going through all the labels and, and um, talking about like staples, ingredients that they should just always keep in their house, that type of thing. Um, so we really try to do as many practical things as possible. Um, like, we, with, like we were saying before, we've done the cooking demos, which I think is a great way to break things up because I think people are used to you talking at them or patients are at least. Um, and I think that when you can show them practical skills and give them knowledge at the same time, it's just so much more, it sticks so much more. Um, so we even go through, my husband took like an, um, a course on like how to chop vegetables. And so he was, um, you know, we even show patients how to do that, how to prepare vegetables, how to cut garlic, that type of thing. And um, benefits of like the spices. Um, Nina's 100%. great about talking about benefits of certain spices and adding them to meals, not only for taste, but health yeah. benefits too. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's just so important to just be with your patients. And, and again, in our, in my traditional practice, I've seen that, yeah, I can tell you for, you know, for hours and hours, you know, this, you have to eat like this, this is what you do, this is what you do. But unless I'm doing it with you, I think it's really hard to truly make those changes. So that's what we want our patients to know that we're going through this journey with them. Like they have someone with them at all times. They can email us or call us anytime that they want if they ever have questions or concerns. Um, we, we really want to take them on the journey, you know, or do that journey together. And I think it makes it easier. And then by having like the cooking classes and the shopping runs and all of that, you know, patients can see other patients yeah. and, um, and then see that, you know, kind of build a community out of it. Like they're not doing this alone, Absolutely. that there are other people that are doing this with them. And that we you know, we can always talk about struggles, challenges, way, ways people have overcome things. Like it's, it's kind of trying to build a community out of it too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's re it is really key um, and it's feeling less lonely because as you mentioned, yeah. sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, relatives and loved ones and the meanwhile, but they're like, what the heck are mm -hmm. you doing now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's great to have a support system. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And with the authority of that support system being made of MDs, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think, you know, my doctor said so, oh, well, then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess you got to do it. That's, what do you find is their biggest challenge? What in, in um, patients that decide to, to really get on board with change or even patients that are not necessarily part of the clinic, but when you, you bring up those issues with, with the parents at the hospital and your pediatric practice or with patients that have, you know, lifestyle issues and you're like, well, maybe you could consider, mm -hmm. you know, moving towards a more mindful plant-based life. What kind of objections do you encounter? What do you feel are the, the biggest boulders that seem to stand in the way for them? So I feel like, um, we're, my practice or well, our practices um, at the hospital, not the CPR clinic, but at the hospital that 
patient population, um, they're very, it's, it's a rural population and, you know, they're very focused on like having meat for every meal, um, you know, or more than that. And so, and then that's how they grew up. That's how their parents grew up. That's how their parents grew up. And so talking about, um, cutting out meat is almost like, oh no, no, no. I don't, I don't think that's possible. Like, you know, that, how do we get our protein? How do we survive? Like, what am I supposed to eat? (laughs) You know? And so, um, trying to overcome that barrier of, you know, like, no, we can, you know, we don't need to have meat in every meal and we don't need to necessarily, like meat is not the only way you can get protein. And, you know, and we don't actually need that much protein in a day. And it's actually healthier if we don't have that much protein. And, and so educating them about that. And then for me, I find it more beneficial to take it slow and say, okay, well, let's just start adding more vegetables. And then, and in my case, like as a pediatrician, I have to try to convince the parents and the parents to just, you know, feed the whole family this way and say, no, we're not going to just feed, you know, this kid (laughs) this way, but the whole family needs to make this change. And so, um, I think that's the biggest challenge as a pediatrician. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a whole different conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, cause I think, and you know, same for me, sometimes when you say no meat or less meat, people just stop listening to you because they just, Uh they're just like, Oh, that crazy vegetable doctor. (laughs) Like I just, they don't, they don't even want to hear it. So I think it's so important to kind of meet them in the middle um, for this type of thing and makes for a lot of patients, yeah, making those gradual changes is more helpful. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggest things is is convincing them that this works because honestly, I don't blame patients. I was so doubtful of it myself. I mean, I didn't learn it in med school. I, I thought medications worked perfectly. You know, I just, to convince them takes time and energy and effort and um, I think that's what makes standard practicing very difficult in, in regards to incorporating lifestyle modifications. Um, and then I think too, the, um, the lack of knowledge, I guess, um, for everybody, because again, I think when, uh, for an adult patient, at least, you know, when you've gone 65 years of, you know, not ever being counseled on diet, all of a sudden to incorporate that is so difficult yeah. for them. Yep. It's completely different. So I just think that I I think if we all together try to make a, a, a bit of a shift, which I think med schools are starting to incorporate more yes. of that, I think that will be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also um, think it's difficult because at this point, because of the internet, although it brings us lots of good things, there are so many opinions out there. Every single person has an opinion. And so I feel bad for patients too when they're trying to look for, you know, health literature and things like that. They just come across, you know, one day beans are good. One day, you know, they're told beans are bad and beef is bad. Beef is good. It's just, it's so confusing to navigate through. And, and again, I think that's why it's so important to have a, like a, a physician or a, um, a practitioner with you throughout the way so you can show them. Because we even go over studies with our patients and say, this is why this is a good study. This is why this study found this or that. Um, so I think, yeah. Who's funding this study? Exactly, 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, I think when you, you align with someone you trust, yeah. it becomes easier to embrace a different paradigm about eating, right? The different, because it's true. I mean, I think that the, the meat eating style, uh, and it's not just meat eating because meat eating, you know, 
a small amount of meat in people's life may or may not actually yeah. be, you know, critically dangerous. The mm -hmm. problem is the absence of everything else. Mm -hmm. The absence of whole grains, the absence of vegetables, the absence exactly. of legumes and all those things. So um, there's such a dogma around mm -hmm. meat being not only good, but the only good thing <laughs> or wow. the only thing that's really, really important. Um, that is this, yeah, I can imagine if you're 65 and you hear for the first time that maybe you should change a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can see that being very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in conclusion, um, what advice would you give on the one hand, let's, let's use your, your pediatric specialty as a, as a platform and, and more adults on the other hand, what do you wish more people not only knew, um, but what resources do you wish they had to put that knowledge into practice to love themselves more with food and, and lifestyle, lifestyle changes based, based on your personal, very personal experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish, you know, I wish, I mean, of course I wish patients had the knowledge of knowing how important fruits and vegetables and whole grains and, you know, legumes and all of that is for them. Um, and, and of course, you know, and not eating as much meat and, and, you know, all that stuff. But also I wish they knew that, um, I wish they, they had some more grace, you know, like just, it's okay. It, there, there are a lot of patients who feel like, they, you know, they, they're very hard on themselves when they gain weight or when they, um, when they aren't, you know, looking a certain way or, you know, stuff like that. And so, you know, it's more about f just feeling healthier, feeling, like I said, more energetic, feeling, um, like more mentally, like having more mental clearness and, and, and just, just having that be more of a focus and more of importance than, you know, trying to focus on a certain number or a certain image. Um, especially in the pediatric population, um, it's, you know, it's, there's more, there's more body image issues in young kids and, and stuff. And I just feel like, you know, if kids knew like, okay, well, if you eat this way, you're actually, I want you to eat this way because it's going to make you feel better and it's going to make you have more energy and, you know, and yes, yes. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I would, I would like to have their platform of eating healthy be. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I echo all of that for sure. Um, and I, even would, for adults, yes, for adult, absolutely. And yeah, like you said, I think adults struggle with all of the same issues. Um, I wish that patients knew how much power they had. Um, I wish, you know, they knew that they could, they don't have to be just a slave to their medications and their surgeries and their procedures. Or like we said, you know, their, their, med their family history doesn't have to be their medical destiny. I think I heard Dr. Greger say that, say that before. Um, but they have the power. They have the power to make themselves feel better, get off their medications, and, and just, you know, not have to worry about the future. Um, 
I, yeah, I think that that's, that's what we want to do. We want to give the power back to them. Um, so yeah, hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Well, uh, that, that day is today. I think it is happening. There is, I mean, there's lots of reasons to be depressed about the world. I'm not denying that, but I can also feel, and when I talk to, you know, fantastic physicians such as yourselves, you know, th there is a tide, there is a tide rising of healthier lifestyle habits. The unfortunate thing is that it's clearly not available to everyone. And I know if you're, you know, insecure with your housing, with your employment, you don't necessarily have the bandwidth to think very much about your health. Um, and we need to do something about that. But nevertheless, at least there's some progress being made. And I'm so thankful for, for your work and the work of all the other advocates of plant-based and lifestyle modifications for health. I think it's making a, a world of difference, if not in everybody's life just yet, in, in a lot of individuals' lives. So thank you very much for that. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here. Is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't, that I haven't asked you or that you'd like everyone to know or maybe a favorite recipe or snack tip that you'd like to share? <laughs> um, I think um, I would say like food wise my uh, like Jamisha mentioned too integration is key so just you know sometimes I think it's easy it's easier to add than it is to subtract so focus on what you can add to your meals to make them better again in regards to fruits and vegetables and whole grains and legumes and everything and then I think also use your spices wisely um, because not only do they have health benefits but um, I just think that you will appreciate your food so much more when you're seasoning with spices and real food as opposed to fat and oil and, and that type of thing. Yes. Yeah. And then I would just like to say, um, you know, if you guys want to hear more about us, you can find us at cprhealthclinic.com. Yes. Thank you very much. And you're also on Instagram, I believe. Yes. So you can just search CPR Health Clinic on Instagram. That is wonderful. I will make sure to also include um, that in the show notes. And I really hope that you uh, you recruit many, many more patients mm -hmm. in the future so that uh, more people can have the support they deserve Thank to you. make those really important lifestyle changes. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Jamisha Patel and Dr. Nina Hormusis of the Columbus Prevent and Reverse Health Clinic. And uh, I, I look forward to crossing paths with you again. Yes. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thank, thank you. Dr. Nina Hormusis, an internal medicine physician, and Dr. Jamisha Patel, a pediatrician, both practice at Licking Memorial Hospital in Newark, Ohio. They also work backstage at the Columbus Prevent and Reverse Health Clinic. If you're curious about making lifestyle changes, including embracing a plant-based way of eating, please reach out to them at cprhealthclinic.com or on Instagram at cprhealthclinic. Thank you for caring. If you would like to also get organized to eat more healthy plant-based meals at home, I can help. Download your free one-week dinner plan showcasing some of my favorite recipes, along with a shopping list and prep steps you can take on the weekend to reduce stress on weeknights. Visit veganfamilykitchen.com planned Type in your email and start cooking and eating really good food. That's veganfamilykitchen.com slash P-L-A-N-N-E-D. See you in the kitchen.